0: The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narconon Suncoast. Hello, Jason.
1: Hello, Joni. We haven't been uh, remote for a little while.
0: I know. And there you are in your office, and here I am in my little recording studio. But hey, you know, it all works.
1: Yes. And the good part of it is that, you know, the reason we're uh, remote today is because I had to actually route somebody into the program. And for all intents and purposes, you know, do an intervention on someone that wasn't exactly willing um, and uh, had really, really, really got beaten up pretty bad by a uh, meth addiction. And oh. uh, it, it's interesting when you see for, it's. It's interesting when you see it firsthand because I know you and I, you know, we've talked about meth addiction, and I've, uh, you know, t- totally written a ton of articles on it. But it's completely different when you witness it in person because you can really see the destruction that drug takes on a person's mental state. Because um, the way the drug works is that, you know, you get high, it's a, it's a stimulant, so it kind of speeds your whole system up um, pretty, pretty severely to the point where, you know, you do one or two lines if you snort it or you smoke one bowl or do one shot, you're going to be up for a couple of days. And what happens is as you start to come down from meth, the crash, as it's called, uh, is characterized by like, severe depression, nothing feels good. And it, it takes you to a pretty dark spot. So you take more and go back up. And what happens is that before you know it, you've been up for a week and are borderline psychotic because wow. of all the sleep deprivation. You're not eating. You're not really drinking water. You're not taking care of yourself, and you're just you know consistently infusing your body with really, really, really hardcore stimulants. And you know, yeah, that's that's the result. And so you know, I had to reason with a guy whose mental state was completely altered by you know everything I just talked about, and so. It was interesting, but the good news is, is that he, he's in, he's here, he's with the medical staff, he's getting treatment, and he was you know, firmly on the road to recovery.
0: That's awesome. That's, it, and
1: that's what makes what I do, what I feel makes what I do worth it because I get to take a person that pretty much had no shop in the world other than the family said, you know what, we're going to give you this one last chance and we're going to try and save your life. And um, I got him willing to do it because, you know, the thing is, you know, getting treatment is a logical choice. And if you think about it, when you're using drugs and getting high every day, you're doing things that are consistently illogical. I mean, uh, for all intents and purposes, when you're under the influence of drugs, you're actively addicted, your ability to make a logical or kind of pro survival decision or choice is pretty uh, slim as far as your ability to do it. And so I was able to kind of break through that and get the guy kind of you know back to reality enough to say look dude you're going to die out there if you don't get help because i mean i'm looking at you and you're at least mentally completely falling apart and so we got him in and uh we'll get him cleaned up and drug free for good
0: that's awesome i i mean that's just that's awesome that that that, that makes what you and i both do worthwhile absolutely you know absolutely. So- Speaking of which, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about, not just to blow our own horn, but because, you know, when you do a podcast like this, um, you know, we don't have people calling in or anything like that. But, you know, we've gotten a couple of really kind of cool feedback on the, a couple pieces of feedback, I guess you could say, on the Addiction Podcast Facebook page. And I wanted to... I wanted to read them because I think they're kind of cool. Um, one person said, this is my favorite podcast. So educational and really resonates with me a lot as a family member and friend and mother of someone's child who are all addicts. It doesn't just affect the addict, it affects it affects everyone who loves them, which we've talked about. This podcast is amazing along with Jason and Joni. I can't thank them enough for the work they do to bring awareness to addiction and other resources that are out there to help, like Narcanon. It has helped me to understand addiction more in depth. And I have been doing my best to get the podcasts out there along with the Narcanon website and phone number. That's oh, wow. that's kind of cool. That's very cool. And then we had another one, and um, I might. I've actually asked this um, gentleman if he would, uh, if he wants to be interviewed on the podcast. So we'll see what he says. Um, He says, My son was addicted to Oxy last year and has been clean for almost eight months now. Addiction is so hard on the addict, but also their family. I was wondering if your show would be interested in our story. I feel that it could help to help other families and perhaps serve to help save others i'd like to send you an audio file and he did that he said oh, wow. but then he said thanks um i truly appreciate all the good that you guys do your podcast was very helpful to me and my wife when my son was both in active addiction and treatment wow that's and, awesome and and i listened to his story he did send me um he sent me a an mp4 file. And if he doesn't want to be interviewed, I might ask him if we can play it on the podcast, because it's, it's a really heart wrenching story of a father. And um, he prepared it because he was going to share the story. He goes to an organization called Nar Anon. Have you heard of that? NAR. Yes.
1: Yeah, Nar Anon. And it's funny that people actually confuse Narcanon with Naranon. Yeah. Basically, Naranon is a 12 step support group for families of addicts.
0: Uh, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. But anyhow, when we get feedback like that on the Facebook page, I really appreciate it because it it gives us, you know, it gives us real honest to goodness feedback that people are listening and that it's you know that it's helping so if you two individuals are listening to the podcast thank you so much for reaching back to us i'm not giving your name because i don't you know obviously i don't want to violate your privacy but really really appreciate the feedback from you guys and thank you for letting us know that we're we're actually helping
1: yeah i mean it, it, it's nice to have that kind of validation that not not only are people listening but they're getting something out of it and um you know I think it's interesting, you know, the the person that written that comment said, you know, uh, addiction not only affects the addict, but, you know, affects the whole family. And it's true. And, you know, something I tell the guys here while they're going through the program and handling their lives and, you know, they start to rekindle relationships with their families and the families are kind of bringing up the past and what happened and this and that. And I sit down with them and I say, you know, look, here's the thing. I mean, you made some bad decisions and it's great that you're here getting clean, but you have to understand is that while you totally went through the ringer with your addiction, your family did too. And I think the family, as far as the effects that have been played, they, not placed on them, but the effects that the addictions had on the family, it's overlooked sometimes and more the focus goes on to fixing the addict. But I always try to remind people it's like if you're going to get into recovery, you have to realize it's more about not using drugs. And that's something, you know, I wanted to bring up today is that addiction is characterized by the, the, the compulsive use of a substance, despite receiving adverse consequences for having done so. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And while the addiction itself, yes, is centered around drugs. That's the drug addiction part. There's a whole other side of addiction to where the whole familial relationships are completely disrupted because while the addict, you know, experiences intense cravings, you know, mental effects, you know, loss of jobs and relationships and things and people and all sorts of stuff, the family is dealing with similar things, but it's a bit different. And I, I, I really want to remind people that addiction is something that affects the entire family. And not just the attic. That a good, you know, a good representation of this is me and my family. I've been clean for an extremely long time, and even last night, my mom asked me a question about, "Well, don't you remember when um you were at this such and such rehab in South Florida, and, and, and then there was this situation?" I said, "You know what? Honestly, I don't remember that." And I made a comment. I said, "You know, mom." During that period of time, I was so messed up. The whole thing is kind of like a blur. And she goes, "You know what, Jason? You're extremely lucky because we remember everything. Um, yeah, and you might not, and, and it's still something that that haunts us to a point because we know that that's something that did occur. And, and although I don't ever think you'll go back to using, that's something that we." remember vividly and, and it took me it took me back a little bit it, I had a step kind of step back after that conversation look at it for what it was and it's like wow you know all these years later and they're still affected by it that's how deep addiction goes I always tell the the guys here who are going through the program your family will never forget it right they'll forgive you you'll move forward but they'll never forget what happened and, and that's a and that's a pretty profound thing to think that going through an addiction can permanently alter things with with one's family. And it does. It does. But like I said, families forgive, but they never forget. And, and I make sure these guys understand that because when they're trying to rekindle their relationships with their families and reestablish communication and affinity for each other and all those things, it, sometimes it kind of hits them in the face. What happens, you get some – upset by the family or it's not comments or things like that and I have to remind these guys it's like look you spent a lot of time doing some pretty significant damage to your relationship and while you're here and I'm proud of you for being here there's a lot of work to be done and um you know just thinking back to the conversation I had with my mom it it is still kind of amazing that that those memories can sit so fresh in there in her head and she was right she and my father and the rest of my family you know, my sisters included, didn't have the luxury of being completely faded off on drugs and not being completely aware of what's going on. I mean, they saw everything just as it was. I'm just the only one that did. not And that's kind of humbling to think about.
0: Right. Well, here's the other aspect of that, Jason. You know, one of the things that this father that I was reading um, some of his comments on our Facebook page, one of the things he said was that addicts are extremely good at lying. Oh, yeah. And so if you think of that, like, if I'm your mom, um, you know, and you're an addict, how many times are you gonna lie to me that everything's okay? And that, you know, you're not using or you're not going to use. So even though you know, now, and the graduates of the program know, for certain that they're not going to, they know it because they've gone through it themselves. And so even though I, as a mom, you know, might see it, you know, month after month after month or year after year after year that my, you know, my son or daughter was clean, I don't have that certainty necessarily, because I've been told before that all was well. Do you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And the thing about lying, yeah, I was talking to a family about this last night, they said, you know, our son just became a very good liar. And he went from a kid that could have lied to us to save his life. And as soon as he became addicted, he became, you know, one of the world's best liars. And I said, the reason for that, as an addict, when you lie, it's a survival mechanism.
0: Absolutely.
1: Just like how using drugs is your, an addict's own survival mechanism. So is lying because you get to a point where you have to lie in order to maintain your addiction and keep appearances. And, you know, hopefully you're convincing everyone that everything's okay and you lie about all these various reasons why mom and dad need to send you money, or you lie about having lost your job, or you lie about you know stupid, stupid, stupid things. But at, when it all comes down to it, it's some like weird bogus survival mechanism for the addict, and that's why every single addict has that in common. Every single addict out there learns how to be an extremely good liar to maintain their addiction. Because addiction and using drugs is how they survive, and so they need to hone skills to allow that to continue to go on and uh, allow it to persist. And so that's one of the easiest things you learn how to do as a drug user. Uh, The other thing is manipulation. Um, Parents will ask, well, why is he so manipulative? And I say, well, he had to learn to be in order to keep his addiction going because had he not been, it would have, to him, felt like it was threatening his own survival. So honesty – threatens an addict's survival because addiction is characterized by tons of dishonesty. Right. And, and, you know, addicts will protect their addiction. That's the, it's an interesting thing. It's almost like you have Stockholm syndrome because you're quote unquote, you know, you're, uh, you're totally held captive by these drugs, but you'll do anything to protect them. Right. So it's kind of like you're protecting your own kidnapper. And it's a, it's a very strange thing but again, I understand it from a first person's perspective because for me, cocaine and opiates and things like that were like my security blanket. Like when the going got too hard and things were too tough and scary, I could pull the, you know, proverbial blanket over my head in the form of popping pills and snorting lines and smoking this and shooting that. And that's just how I dealt. And that's and it's the same for every addict. And it's, it's sad, and, but it goes back to the fact that it's completely illogical. It doesn't make any sense. Like to an outside observer, addiction looks completely insane and it doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't make sense why a person would lose their job for being high on the job. So they go home and in their misery, they get high. Right. Or that, you know, the person is an addict and they lose their job and they have no money. and But they get a little bit of money and it's, do I pay my electric bill? Or do I get high? And they choose to get drugs over paying their electric bill and then sit in in, in a dark house with no electricity because they just had to get high. Uh, Looks insane. And it is insane. And it makes no sense. And that's the whole of addiction. If you want to understand addiction, know this. It doesn't make sense.
0: But the point I'm trying to make is that even though you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are not lying, your your friends and family don't don't have the same certainty you have. Do you see what I'm Ouch. saying? That's why when you say, "Isn't it interesting that the family remembers this, that, or the other thing," and you know maybe you know still you know has attention on it, and after ten years, way less attention than ten years ago, and probably after another twenty years, n- they won't even think about it. But. Right. But because, you know, addiction is such a cycle, and there's, you know, there's hope after hope, and then loss after loss, especially because, you know, your parents had you, you know, paid for you to go to different rehabs, that didn't work. And so there's that uh, incredible roller coaster, that while they don't experience that anymore, because you are clean, and you know, you will be clean, it's it's just a little hard to you know, to kind of sort of end on that, do you know what I mean? Like, like, it's just hard oh, for oh. the family, which I think is, makes it even almost doubly hard, because they don't experience what the the students experience in the Narcanon program. That moment when the student realizes that, you know, he or she will never do drugs again, the the family doesn't get to experience that they can see it, you know, obviously, you know, when the student graduates, but they don't, they don't quite, they don't get that. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. It, that's why I always say there's two sides to every addiction. There's the addict side and there's the family side. And that's a lot of why we keep the families really heavily involved in a person's treatment here is because we get one side of it from the student. And we also get a completely the other side of it from the family because both the families and the addict, addict experience the addiction differently. Right. And have different viewpoints on the whole thing. And there's just there's always two sides to the story. And so, you know, it has to be dealt with with those two things kept in mind. And every addict should know again that your family will not forget it, but they will forgive you.
0: Absolutely. As long as you
1: do the right thing, you move forward, you make something of yourself, and you strive on a daily basis to better your own condition in life. Right. And uh I thought that's a very powerful thing. The other thing is, uh, you know, I always say it keeps it very green for me to be on the front lines here and actually on like the intake lines as people come in through the program because on an almost daily basis I get to see the wreckage that drugs are causing people and their families, and it's heart wrenching actually to see it sometimes and to think, like, wow, I can't believe I actually used to that used to be me. I actually used to put my family through that, put myself through that. And it keeps it very real because I always tell people, even me, clean all this time, I'm still one bad decision away from having that happen all over again. Right. Because I was only one bad decision away from it when it first started. I always, I was saying this to another staff member here. It's crazy to think that a split second decision can really alter the entire course of your life. And for me, that was that split second decision to try cocaine completely changed everything. And so, I think that gives you a kind of look at how powerful choices can be.
0: Once again, I just want to remind everyone that you're listening to the addiction podcast point of no return. If you have comments on this podcast or would like to connect up with us, please find our page on Facebook. It is called The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, and you can give us comments or feedback. If you'd like more information on the Narcanon program, you can call 1-877-339-3324. That's 1-877-339-3324. Hey, Jason, I want to talk about something that I think is super duper spectacular. Okay. Sounds good. You know, we, um, oh, weeks and weeks ago, we had on the podcast, a gentleman by the name of Nick Heather, who is an expert in this whole, you know, uh, addiction is not a brain disease in that whole area. And um, I kept pointing out the fact that he's an expert Okay, so I'm not an expert. I'm not as much of an expert in the area of addiction as you are because you've been there and done that. But I'm not an expert. I'm just someone who's passionate about it. And because I go periodically to the graduations at Narcanon and I hear the students and I hear what they talk about, I'm super passionate about what that program can do for people. Well, some experts recently published a white paper in the Journal of International Medical Research. And these guys are experts. And they did, this is Richard D. Lennox and Marie Kicini sternquist I hope I'm saying her name right. And they did a study on the safety and tolerability of sauna detoxification for the protracted withdrawal symptoms of substance abuse. Basically, they did a white paper. They did a study with over a hundred people on the New Life Detox Program or the New Life Sauna Detox Program. And, And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because for anybody that's listening, that you know, is on the fence. Well, I don't know about Narcanon, you know, I don't know. This person said it's good. This person said it's bad. I'm not sure. Okay. Here are what experts say. Okay. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it because it's, it's 20 pages long. A lot of it is um, kind of like the bibliography, but I'm just going to read a little bit about it. Okay. So objective, it says protracted drug withdrawal symptoms can last months or years after drug cessation, often precipitating a return to substance misuse. We've talked about this over and over again. And every time we do a tour with a judge or an attorney or an elected official, we point out that the drugs can reside in the body even after the person has quit taking them. So that was a very technical way of saying that. We evaluated the safety and preliminary health benefits of a unique chemical exposure regimen based on exercise, sauna, and therapeutic nutrients. Methods. This was a prospective evaluation of 109 individuals sequentially enrolled into a sauna detoxification component of a multimodal long-term residential substance abuse treatment center. Narconon. Results. Results. Data from medical charts, client self-reports, and short-form health survey responses indicated that the Hubbard sauna detoxification method was well tolerated with a 99% completion rate, including something. I don't quite understand that. Um, There were no cases of dehydration, overhydration, or heat illness. So the conclusion is that the regimen lacked serious adverse events had a very low discontinuation rate and high client reported satisfaction. Wow! And the so basically, they studied 106 people who went through the new life detoxification program. And this is kind of what they came up with. Now, they also did a little survey. And I wanted to read a little bit of the survey because I thought it was kind of cool. So the first question was, how clearly do you remember the material covered in the Narcanon New Life Detoxification Program? 85% said very clearly. How helpful did you find the material in the NLDP, the New Life Detoxification Program Orientation? And just for those of you listening, there, Jason, explain a little bit about what that orientation is.
1: So basically during the orientation to the sauna detox, you get to actually read about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how you're going to do it. Uh, you're you're taught everything from how the niacin works to how drugs reside in the system and how they can, you know, lock up there for years and not come out on their own unless actually forcibly removed using this regimen. And so they get like a full training and understanding and all the information needed. To you know completely know what they're doing and how it's going to work and what to expect once they're in there.
0: Right. So, how helpful was it? This was the question, and eighty-one percent said it was very helpful. You know, seventeen said it was seventeen percent said it was somewhat helpful. Now, one th- point I want to make is the the like really negative answer for both these questions, like not clearly at all or not helpful at all. Nobody said that at all. Oh. Now, how satisfied are you, and this is the this is the big McGillan, my viewpoint, how satisfied are you with your experience with the NLDP, the New Life Detox Program? Very satisfied, 95.7%.
1: Wow. That's awesome.
0: And the other percent was somewhat satisfied. So nobody was dissatisfied with the New Life Detox Program. And I think that's huge. And listen all you listeners, if anybody there is skeptical and go, right. Okay. This is 106 people that went through the program. Okay. This is not me saying it. This is not Jason saying it, who, you know, obviously helps deliver this program on a daily basis. These are just 106 people who went through the program. Okay. So this last question is, um, it's statements on completion of the regimen. And this is kind of just an open-ended kind of essay question. And 68% said they had improved energy. 51% said can think clearly. I have clarity or acuity. 54% said they felt drug and chemical free. 45% said they felt emotionally stable. 31% said they had improved fitness, sight, smell, other senses, or fewer physical symptoms. 31% said they had a positive outlook, ability to fix situations. 28% said they now sleep well. 26% said no cravings. 25% said happy. 22% said back to myself. And 20% said other general health and well-being. And note that those are essay questions. So they're not like, it's not like 20%. It's not like the other 80% said something different. Do you know what I mean? They were just open ended essay type questions. But the the bottom line is that, you know, all 106 of these people, 95% of them, you know, were very satisfied with the results of the program. I mean, of this part of the program, and this is one step, of the Narcanon program. And I think, I think this is huge. I really do. It's, you know, it's all, like I say, it's all well and good for me to, you know, who's familiar with the program and has heard what the graduates say about it to, you know, expound this. And sure. to me, the new life detox program is one and only one of the key differences in the Narcanon program that doesn't exist in any other rehab program out there. That's correct. But the other thing is that this and so that's fine. That's what I say, you know, and, but I'm not an expert in anything. I'm not an expert in testing blood or, you know, whatever these guys did. And so these are experts who actually did a study and this is what came out of it. And this is huge. And so anybody listening that has in their mind that, you know the only way to treat addiction is with another drug hey listen up here's the study
1: think again <laughs> you
0: know i mean this is huge and it's interesting to me because what a lot of these people said you know to that last question i've heard the graduates say it you know that they can yeah. now think clearly that you know they they feel like they have you know you know, they sleep better, they have more energy, they feel healthier. And, you know, we've talked about this before, too, that, you know, a lot of people get addicted to drugs, especially opioids, because of some physical disability. And, you know, it's just fascinating to me that after they go through the Narconon program, they're not only drug free, they're pain free, you know, they feel better hmm. So, you know, anyway, this is a it's a 20 page white paper. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to figure out how to, you know, link to it on our Facebook page. So any of you doubting Thomas's or Roberts or Stevens out there can actually read this paper. And, you know, I don't care, call these guys up if you don't agree with us. But
1: this <laughs> I just think it's great that there's empirical evidence that the new life detoxification that we use um not only works but people find tons of value in it and uh for me and a lot of other people it's a game changer i mean it's one of those things that actually gives you an edge on being able to get clean and stay clean and actually feel like there's some hope in the future for you because there's something to be said about clearing all that stuff out of your body to a point where you can think clearly again your cravings go away and your energy is back and you can then move forward with counseling and life skills and things like that because it can actually work at that point. You know, it's hard to counsel someone or put someone through a series of life skills courses and having them really handle the underlying causes of their addiction if they're fighting through clouded thinking and cravings the whole time.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And we all know, we all heard, well, you didn't because you weren't around, but we all heard back in the 70s that, you know, people take LSD and then all of a sudden they you know, they're out there jogging and they have like a horrific flashback and jump off a cliff or whatever. But it's the same. It's the same thing. It's the same. What's happening there is the LSD has lodged in the fat tissues, just like, you know, opioids or meth or heroin or what have you. And so it's the same thing, though, they get released back into the bloodstream. And I think that, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a point that needs to be made. And, you know, if anybody's listening, and you have either gone through a 12-step program yourself, or you have friend and family that have gone through a 12-step program, and it hasn't worked for them, this might be the reason why. You know, there's a, there's a young man in the introduction video that you have there, Jason, and he just said, you know, I feel like I don't have to white knuckle my sobriety. Do you know? And I think that really says it because I think at least until you do this part of the program, you still have the cravings. And yes, you can have strength of character and you can withdraw, you know, you can not withdraw, withhold yourself from the cravings. But I think that until you do this part of it, which makes the cravings go away, then, you know, there you go.
1: I always, I always said that the new live Talks was – and I said it before in five minutes ago, but still, it's a game changer. It's one of those things that actually gave me hope of a future in, as far as being drug-free. And that's exactly what makes us different than any other program out there. This is an extraordinarily difficult thing to do. People will sometimes be like, oh, it's like a day at the spa. And I said um, – Okay. Well, yeah,
0: not so much
1: your spa. You're used to going to because in this one, your body's going to go through a lot. And uh, in the sauna, it does just just because you know, objectively, you know, speaking, you're you're sitting in a sauna. Your body internally is going through a whole lot of you know changes and processes and reactions that are allowing it to. You know, give up the drug residues and convert them to a point where they're water-soluble, can be sweated out. And uh, it's difficult. I mean, I've done it. It's very hard. It's not an easy process. And it's also a highly emotional process because a lot of the emotions that are tied to the specific drugs as they run out come back up, and different memories will come up and then fade away. And it's a very, very interesting process. You know, I wish everyone in the world... Uh, could do it and uh, you know these guys get to and, it, and it's a fantastic thing and you know I became aware of this study that came out that you were reading from and it's just I got to read the whole thing and it's fantastic because there's actually you know look there's empirical black and white evidence that what we're doing is working what we're doing has value not only to the addict but society as a whole if you look at it because we're turning out completely drug free people to go out there and help construct society rather than destroy it
0: right and this totally debunks the idea that the only way to come off of hardcore drugs like meth or heroin or opioids or what have you is to take methadone or suboxone. This debunks right. it, right. debunks it rather. You Not know, necessary. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's such a, a fallacy. And the people who you know push this medically assisted treatment as the only way to help the addict, they are really doing a bad thing for this whole area of addiction. And when
1: people start saying there's an only way to do something is I immediately get suspicious because now it sounds like (laughs) there's something wrong. Yep. There's better ways to do things than others, but there's never only one way. Yep. And you and I both know the better way of doing this as far as getting clean, getting sober, getting off drugs. Um, and, of course, the medical professionals out there and the people who are part of mainstream you know, treatment think the only way to get clean is you go on suboxone, you go on methadone, you take your psychiatric drugs, you go to meetings, you work the steps, and hopefully you're going to be okay. Right. And I was told that over and over and over and over again to the point where I literally thought that's the only way to do it. And it's very, very eye-opening and kind of freeing when you find out that that's not true. It's kind of like the Truman Show. Yep. <laughs> you find out there's this whole other thing out there you weren't unaware of. Exactly. um, It's a a very cool thing. And that's why you and I both do this is to make the masses aware of what it is that we're doing out here and what's going on out there in society. And at least there's some solutions. Exactly. It's not all doom and gloom.
0: And I'm going to make sure um, Steve, our producer, and my husband is um, usually the one that goes on the Facebook page, but I'm going to make sure that he posts the link to this study. So if you're listening... And you, you want this type of evidence before you make a decision that you, you know, you want yourself or your loved ones to go through the Narcanon program, or if you have that little niggling doubt that you're not sure you really can be completely drug and alcohol free, go to our Facebook page. We'll post the link on there and you can, you can read it for yourself and you can see that this is definitely possible.
1: Well, there you go. I think that's great. I'm glad you're putting it up there.
0: Me too. So you're going out of town next week. Speaking of your family, you're going to visit your family, right?
1: I'm going to go visit the family, you know, while I'm busy saving the world every day, they still want to see me. So I get to take a train out to Boca Raton uh, to see them. And it'll be nice. I've also have a potential meeting with a woman who wants to connect me with part of the, I think it's the West Palm beach diocese of the Catholic church i mm. um, in a Hispanic community in, in Boca Raton. Okay. And so I'm hopefully going to be meeting with her next Friday. And uh, I think that'll be real good to uh, let that group know kind of like, you know, what we're doing out in Narcon, how it could help, et cetera, et cetera, and really get them safe pointed on the idea that what we're doing is of value to their community and to their church.
0: Right. And you can do some drug education.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Good on you. Okay, oh, yeah. well then, I'm
1: very, very, very excited. And uh,
0: well, we'll talk remotely next week, then, we, and then yes. the week after. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you will be back in town and be back in the studio.
1: Correct. Yeah, I would love to. I, I prefer to be back at the studio than do this remotely. There's all sorts of things that happen as far as my computer dinging and people calling my office and <laughs> knocking on my door. And it's just like, Oh, my God, everyone leave me alone for five minutes. <laughs> so I can record this thing. But at least we get to do it. We get to talk. And I want to make sure we always get to do that.
0: Perfect. And you have a good week. Everybody listening, have a good week. And um, please give my love to your mom and dad. I love your parents. Such sweet people and uh, give him a big hug from me. And we'll talk again, we'll talk again next week.
1: You got it, Joni.
0: You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit org. Narcanon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard.